Well, good morning. It's great to see you. It honestly is. It's great to see all of you who've joined us here on site and to see many of you on the main auditorium, up in the balcony. And a shout out welcome to those of you who are watching online from right here in the city of Ottawa and even across the nation of Canada and even around the world. How many people are ready for God's word? Are you ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready? Are you ready for God's word? I am so excited to be sharing with you part three of a seven-part sermon series where we are exploring the seven great I am sayings of Jesus. We're calling this series very simply, I am. And the first statement that we looked at in week number one is where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Last Sunday, we looked at the great startling claim when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And today, for a couple of moments, we want to explore the third claim where Jesus said, I am the door, or I am the gate. So I want you to pull out your Bible and turn with me, if you would please, to John chapter 10. And uh, we have sermon notes that are available online. You can go to our church website. But would you stand with me one more time this morning for the reading of God's Word? And if you're at home, can I invite you to stand as well? And I want to read to you from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1 down to verse 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate or the door, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief, thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate or the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the door for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I love this last verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, I'm asking in these, these, these next few moments, as we take a close look at John chapter 10, I pray that this startling, profound, amazing claim that you gave when you said, I am the door. I'm asking God that this morning would not just be a, a revelation of information, but I pray God that this would be a revelation of transmission. So God, give us ears to hear and give us hearts to receive. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Take a seat. Well, friends, we, we got on the platform a door, and doors have many purposes. Let's, let's walk through the purposes of a door. One purpose, of course, is you enter in through the door, right? How else you get into your house is through the door. Not only is a door a place of interest, a door is a place of exit, right? When you leave your house, you got to go outside the door. If you didn't have a door, as the weather's getting cold, the cold air would come in, right? On a hot summer day, the heat would come in, so you close the door to protect yourself from the weather that you don't want that's outside. 
But you also have a door to keep the people out that you don't want coming in. And you have a lock on your door to keep the thief, the robber, and people out of your door. But lastly, there's this proverbial uh, figure of speech. We call it a door of opportunity. How many people have heard that expression, a door of opportunity? Well, for a couple moments this morning, I want to walk you through the five key doors of your life, the five key doors of your life. And the first key door of your life that I, I want to take just a moment to talk to you about is, number one, it's, it's, it's the door of salvation. It's the door of salvation. And I want us for just a, a quick moment this morning just to come to John chapter 10, verse 9, where, where Jesus made this startling claim. He said, I am the gate, or I am the door, and whoever enters through me will be saved. Now, to understand this, we, we need to be reminded that Jesus takes the, the common, he takes the familiar of that day, a sheep pen, and he makes it profound. And everybody in that day knew what a sheep pen looked like. I had no clue what a, a sheep pen back in those days looked like. I had to look it up, study it. And apparently they were made from, from stones. I thought it would be wood or, or straw or something, or, or I don't know, but it was, it was stones. And they make a, a large stone wall that would be taller than me and taller than you. It would be in the shape of a square or a rectangle. And sometimes it was round. And, 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 and the sheep pen made of these rocks would have one entranceway, one opening, one portal or one opening. And there was actually no door or no gate. And, 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 and here's the first point I want you to write in your notes, and I'm segueing to it. Number one, Jesus is the door. He said, I am the door. And his audience would understand that because there's something in that ancient culture that a, a shepherd would do every night is a shepherd would sleep with the sheep, not in the sheep pen and not outside of the sheep pen. But, but watch this, that the shepherd would literally sheep, sleep, not sheep. The shepherd would sleep in the entranceway to the pen. It's like the shepherd would be the door. And the shepherd would lay there not to keep the sheep from getting out, but more importantly, to keep the lions from coming in. It's kind of like the shepherd was saying, no lion going to get to my sheep. I'm willing to lay down my life for these sheep. And so when Jesus said, I am the door, they understood that. So number one, Jesus is the door. The entranceway into the sheepfold, the entranceway into heaven is through Jesus. No, number two, I want you to notice this. It's a single entrance. In our house, we got a, a front door. We got a screen door at the back. We've got a, a door into our garage. And some of you got more doors to your house. But a sheep pen never had two doors or three doors or five doors. It only had one door. And the truth is, there's only one way to heaven. And how many people are glad that Jesus is the way? And come on, church, he's the only way. Come on, Woodville, he's the only way. Only way. There's no other way to heaven than through Jesus Christ. Number one, he's the door. Number two, it's a singular entrance. Number three, anyone can enter. He said, I'm the gate. Whoever enters. So salvation is not just for North Americans or South Americans or for Europeans or Australians or Africans or Asians. or, or it's, it, Jesus died for his invitation of salvation is for everybody. It's extended to all mankind. Anyone can enter. Anyone can come through the door of salvation. But then there's number four. It's obvious. A response is necessary. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me, you've got to respond. You've got to accept 
his invitation. From time to time, I meet people, and I say, well, when did you give your heart to the Lord? And they say, I've always been a Christian. No, you haven't. Maybe you went to church from day one, from the moment you were born, but there was a moment of time that you accepted Jesus. Revelation 3.20, here I am, stand at the door, I knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. Jesus said, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna eat with that person, and they with me. But then there's number five, discipleship follows a decision. I've learned that there's a moment of salvation, but that moment of salvation is followed by a maturing process of becoming more like Jesus. I love what the words say in Mark 8, 34. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Number one, it's the door of salvation. But then there's number two. We're going to talk about this for a few moments. Number two, the door, the door of safety. Remember, remember the shepherd would lay down in the entranceway? No lamb going to come in here and take my sheep. I'm going to lay there. I'm going to protect it. Now, I want you to look at verse 9. After Jesus said, I'm the, I'm the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. He said, they will come in and go out. They will come into the sheep pen and they will go out of the sheep pen. Now, now we need to understand that this, this was, a, this was a, a Hebrew phrase. And that Hebrew phrase actually comes from the Old Testament, and it comes actually from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6, where God is speaking through Moses to talk to the Israelites, and he said, you will be blessed when you come in, and you will be blessed when you go out. And the Hebrew phrase means that you will be blessed 24-7. The Hebrew phrase means that you will be blessed in your everyday life, whether you're, you're going out or you're coming in, whether you're at work or, or you're at school or you're, you're, you're walking your street at night or you're in your garage working or, or you're in your family room playing games with your family, wherever you are, he will be with you wherever you go. Now, now they understood that analogy because shepherds would never leave their sheep alone. I mean, the presence of the shepherd was always near the sheep at night laying in the gateway, the portal way, the entrance way. During the day, the shepherd would take them to the pastures where wherever the sheep went, the shepherd took them. The shepherd never left the sheep. They were safe because the shepherd was near them. Now, now the psalmist picked it up in Psalm 121, verse 8. And the psalm, I love this. Oh, man, I love this. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I mean, I mean, I'll tell you, folks, you're, you're never alone. And I, I've used this line so many times. I love doing this because sometimes people call me and I'm driving in my car and I'm on my Bluetooth and they go, are you alone? People ask you that when they call you. It's like they're gonna share something they want no one else to hear. And I always respond, no, no, I'm, I'm never alone. And they say, well, who's with you? And I say, Jesus, I love doing that. Church, wherever you go, you're never alone. Come on, you're never alone. You're never alone. You weren't alone when you got up. You're not alone when you're in church. You're not alone when you leave this building. You're never alone. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
I mean, I want you to see it this morning. Jesus picks up a whole understanding of that day. You're going out and you're coming in. He's with you. He was with you yesterday. He's with you today. He's with you tomorrow. There's never a time in your life that he's not with you. He's with you in the dark valley. He's with you in the pandemic. He's with you. He's with you when you're going for chemo. He's with you when your life is falling apart. He's with you when you're on the mountain of life. He's with you in the valley of life. He's with you. He's with you when you're walking through grief. He's with you every single. There never was a moment he was not with you when you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Come on, somebody give a little clap offering of praise. The Lord is watching over you. Psalm chapter 23, 4 and 5, that, that great psalm, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Now, everybody in that day understood that the dark valley is actually a dark valley in Israel. And they say there's these two large mountains and stony mountains, and it's really narrow. And anybody in, in, in that area knew about the dark valley. And, and shepherds would walk their sheep through the dark valley to get to the pasture land. And I'm told that it's only light in that valley at 12 noon when the sun's coming down. But, 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 but right before noon, it's dark. And, and the shepherd would take the sheep not at 12 noon to the pasture land. The shepherd would take the sheep in the morning to the pasture land and would walk them through that dark valley. And it's dark. But the sheep aren't afraid because they sense the presence of the shepherd in the dark valley. Just like Pastor Brad led us in that song this morning, Another in the Fire. I don't know if you saw me. I was standing back there doing a little rap, Another in the Fire. Another in the fire. How many people are glad that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, but there was another in the fire? How many people, come on, Woodville. How many people are glad we might be in a pandemic, but there's another in the fire? He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Come on. I'll feel new. you're with me. You're Rod, your staff. They come. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, Doug overflow. He's with you. You're going out and you're coming in. Somebody give a little clap offering of praise to our Lord God today. Amen. All right. Number three, number three, the door, the door of satisfaction, the door of satisfaction. We'll take you back to our text in John chapter 10, verse nine. I'm the gate. Whoever enters to me will be saved. Will be saved. They will come in and go out, but watch this. And Find pasture. Pasture, you look it up, it's, it's, it's the, the green grass. It's the grazing grass for the animals, specifically sheep. And sheep love green grass. They love small green plants. And, and a shepherd would lead the sheep to the green pastures so that the sheep can be satisfied. Now look at verse 10. The thief comes only to still kill and destroy. Everybody in that day understood that because where there were shepherd and sheep, there were thieves and robbers, and the thieves and robbers would come at night, and they would wait for the shepherd to be asleep, and they'd kind of climb over that big wall, and they'd climb up, and they'd try to get in to, to kill the sheep and steal the sheep and destroy the sheep and destroy the pen and make a big mess, but, but I don't know how shepherds did it, but they would sleep almost like with one eye open, and they would hear the sound of the thief or the robber coming, and they would wake up, and, and, and a shepherd would be willing to lay down his life for his sheep 
because that was his job. No robber, no thief, no killer, no destroyer, no lion going to get at my sheep. I'm going to take care of them. Look at Psalm 23, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Look at 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert, sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But the door of satisfaction teaches us that even though the thief is trying to kill, destroy, and steal, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have life to the fullest. Another in the fire. I said another in the fire. Come on, people were glad that Jesus has come, that we might have life, life more abundantly. I want to share with you very quickly four thoughts that come from Philip Keller's book on Psalm 23. And in one of his chapters, he talks about the four things that sheep need to be free from before they will lie down in green pastures. Number one, free from fear. I mean, sheep are prone to fear. We're in a pandemic. Fear is rising. Stop looking at the OPH dashboard to see what the numbers are for each day. Spend less time watching any six o'clock news. It will only depress you. Can I hear a little witness in the house today? Stop focusing all that's going on and look to the good, great shepherd, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, sheep will lie down in the pasture when they know that the shepherd is near because they know if the shepherd is nearby, everything's going to be all right. I'm telling you, church, everything's going to be all right because the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, is with you and I. Somebody, somebody, somebody saying that. Not just fear from fear, free from fear, but number two, free from tension. I didn't know this about sheep, but they... They, they've got like a, a budding order, if you will. Who's going to be the big sheep in charge? And uh, they get in the sheep pen and they kick up their back, you know, and kick each. Get away from me. That's my pew. That's where I'm supposed to be. That's my, that's my, that's when I'm, get away. And one sheep is trying to rise above the other sheep. But when, <laughs> they say, but when the shepherd walks into the sheep pen, Calmness fills the pen and the tension lifts. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I'm a little tense through this pandemic. I get nervous when Doug Ford gives his announcements on Friday. Because I think, how's it going to change church on Sunday? I'll tell you, church, we need to just lean in on Jesus, the shepherd, and let him remove all of our tension in this pandemic. Come on, somebody give a little amen. Then there's number three, free from aggravation. They say that when the sheep are out in the field, the, the mosquitoes, the flies come on them. That it's a little gross, but those flies and mosquitoes go up their nose, and it's awful. Now, you and I can try to deal with that. I won't show you how, but sheep can't, so they're banging their nose up against the side of the sheep pen or somewhere. Get that out of me. Get that out of me. It's so aggravating. So before the shepherd takes the sheep out to the green pasture, he gets out the oil, and he anoints the head of the sheep with oil. 
douses the head, douses the face, douses the nose, and that keeps the mosquitoes away. <laughs> How many people are glad that God is in the house, Jesus is in the house, the Father's in the house, the Son's in the house, but oil speaks of the Holy Spirit. How many people know Holy Spirit showed up for church today, amen? Holy Spirit who's in us is with us today, and Holy Spirit wants to free us from aggravation. But then there's number four, free from hunger. And I'm told that, that, that sheep will lie down in green pasture after they fed on the green pasture, and then they will lie down, number three, the door of satisfaction. But then, there's number four, it's the door of opportunity. There's that proverbial saying, the door of opportunity. Now, some of you are like, oh boy, Oh my goodness, what if I lose my job? What if I get laid off? What if we don't survive this pandemic? What if my business has to close? What if, how many people know we gotta stop living in the what if and we need to lean in the who is Jesus Christ? Come on, how many people know we gotta stop living in the what if and start leaning in on the who is? He said, I am the door. Now, he opens doors. He closes doors. Now, think it through for a moment. How could Jesus be the one who opens doors and closes doors? It's a simple answer. He is the door. He is the door. He doesn't just open doors. He doesn't just close doors. I've had, I've had doors slam in my face, proverbially, meaning I thought it was the will of God, and boom! And I'm like, oh, God, this is horrible only to later down the road go, thank you, Jesus, you slammed that door. How many people know he opens doors, he closes doors, because he is the door. Now, let me read to you John chapter 10, three to five. We read it a few moments ago. Let me read it again, just a little slower. Verse three, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Every sheep has a name, and the shepherd calls the sheep by his name or her name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own. I love this. He goes on ahead of them. Sheep don't lead the shepherd. Shepherd lead the sheep. Sheep don't go on their own to the green pasture. The shepherd leads them to the pasture. Let's not get ahead of the shepherd. Let's follow shepherd Jesus. He knows what he's doing. He goes on ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. Verse five, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I'm told that sheep will never follow another shepherd because they only know the voice of their shepherd question, do you know the voice of shepherd Jesus? He will lead you and he will guide you. Let me give you a few verses. Acts 14, 27, Paul and Barnabas get to Antioch. On arriving there, they gather the church together, report all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Let me read 1 Corinthians 69, because in 1 Corinthians 69, we, we learn here, we learn here that the leaders, Paul, wanted to stay in, in Ephesus until Pentecost. He wanted to get to Corinth to spend time with the believers in Corinth. He said, well, I'll, I'll get there. Maybe I'll spend the winter there if it's the Lord's will. But right now, 
we got to stay in Ephesus, at least until Pentecost. Here's why, verse 9, because a great door for effective work is open to me, and there are many who oppose me. Now, now I want you to read 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12, because Paul gets to Troas. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, found the Lord had opened a door for me. And then Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, pray for us to that God may open a door for our message that we proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. I came to the office early this morning. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm going over the, the scripture and I'm praying. And my mind went back to 20, 20 years ago, this weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving. I was 37 years old. Jonathan was like 12 and Jennifer was like nine and Jessica was like five and God had opened a door and we were invited to come and preach a call. It was 20 years ago this weekend that we came, got up and preached that morning. You voted on us at night. Woo! I got goosebumps up and down my back. I'm so honored and so privileged that God opened that door. And I'm so glad that the door is still open. And I believe that the best days for this church are the days ahead. And I want you to know that Evelyn and I love you. And we are so honored. And we are so blessed to lead this church. We feel so excited not to be the great shepherd, but to be your pastoral shepherd here. We love, can I give you a little virtual hug today? We thank God that he's opened the door. I can't believe. I, people ask me all the time, how long have you been at Woodvale? I don't say 20 years. I say just 20 years. How many people believe the best days are the days? Come on, Woodvale. How many people believe the best days are the days to come? God opens doors. God closes doors. Why? Because he is a door. One more door. One more door. The door of freedom. The door of freedom. I want to show you something in the pages of God's word. The thief, the liar, the killer, the destroyer has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that we may have life. We may have life more abundantly. In Acts chapter 5, verse 19 and verse 20, the apostles were put in jail. You know why? Because God was using them in the supernatural. They were laying their hands on the sick. The sick were healed. The people were bringing the sick to them. They prayed. The sick were healed. Uh, people with demon, demons in them came, and they were set free, and the leaders didn't like them, so they put them in jail. But look at verse 19 of Acts 5. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. The angel of God kicked open the door that was locked and got them out. So go stand in the temple courts, tell the people all about this new life. Acts chapter 16, 26, Paul and Silas are in jail. And before they're put in jail, they were flogged, they were beaten, they were bruised. I mean, they were just beat up and they're chucked into jail. And the Bible says suddenly there was a violent earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And the jailer wanted to take his life because he thought, oh my goodness, if they escape, I'm gonna lose my life because if a jailer lost the one he was guarding, he would lose his life. And before long, the jailer gets saved. And before long, the entire jailer's family got saved and got baptized. 
they're in prison and God opened the prison door. One more scripture in John chapter 20, the disciples are huddled in a room. It's that first Easter Sunday and they're like freaking out and can't believe like what's going on. They're going to come and get us and this is horrible. This is awful. And it's the evening of the first day of the week. And the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them. He walked through the door that was locked because he is the door. He walked through the door that was locking them in. And he walked through and he said, peace be with you. I want you to look this way. Some of you today, there's a prison, not of physical bars, but there's a prison of emotional bars that have been wrapped around you. For some of you, locked in your memory is a dark moment of something that has happened in life and it's crippling you from stepping into your God destiny. I happen to believe that Jesus, who is the door, wants to break through that door and he wants to bring freedom from that dark, horrible, painful moment. There's some of you sitting here today and there's some of you that are watching online that the dark prison door that you're experiencing right now is drugs. For others of you, it is alcohol. For others of you, it's pornography. For others of you, it's the pain of, a, of, of something that's happened in the past. I'm here to say Jesus, the bondage breaker, is in the house today. And he wants to break every chain. Come on, Woodville. He wants to break every, every every chain, and he wants to release his freedom, freedom, freedom in the place today. Somebody, 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 somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God in the same way that he opened the prison doors for for the apostles when they were in jail. He wants to break open the doors and bring freedom in the house because whomsoever the son sets free is free. Indeed. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God. <laughs> Pastor Brad, worship team, come on up. Come on up. I'll tell you, one of the cool things about pastoring for 20 years, I've seen a lot of babies born in this place. It was almost 17 years ago that Ryan in April called me. And their baby was born. The only reason why I remember the day, it was the same day that I was born, just me many years ago. Come on in here. And, and come on, come on, come on. Get, get in here. You're, if I'm not mistaken, you're 16 going on 17. January 17th, you'll be 17. I'll be 58. I'll be 58. There's an anointing of God on your life. And you let us in a song. Come on, Woodville, on your feet right now. We're going to worship in this song. You, you, you start to, Pastor Brad, she started to lead us in that song about the goodness of God. And all I could see was an anointing of God on your life. And I am so proud of this youth generation. And I'll tell you, one of the joys of hanging out in a place for a number of years, I've seen a lot of babies born. I've seen them grow up. I've seen them invite Jesus Christ in their life, dedicated you, watch you get on fire for God. And now exciting to see you standing here leading in worship with an anointing of God on your life. Come on, how many people are grateful for the goodness, the goodness, the goodness of God? 
Church, the door of salvation, the door of safety, the door of satisfaction, the door of opportunity, the door of freedom. And I, I just believe, just like sheep are prone to fear and sheep are prone to aggravation and sheep are prone to, to tension and, 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 and they're, just, they're just, you know, they're just fearful animals. But, but when the shepherd showed up, everything's all right. And I wanna declare there's another in the fire today, amen. And come on, there's another in the fire. There's another in the fire, and his name is Jesus, and he's here this morning. Amen. 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 So, team, I want you to lead us in this song. And, church, I want you in these final moments to lift your hands. I want you to focus on the great goodness of our God. Jesus is the shepherd. Amen. 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 Let's worship God together.
I said, somebody say amen. Come on, let's give a loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God. In these final moments, I'm going to ask if every head would be bowed and everyone's eyes would be closed. And the first question I want to ask you, whether you're standing in this auditorium or you're watching online somewhere across the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, around the world, if today was the day that you died and you stepped into, our, into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to think you're ready. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know that you have personally asked Jesus into your life. Was there a time, a place, a moment that you said yes to Jesus? Was there a time, a place, a moment that you asked Jesus to come into your life? You asked him to forgive you your sins and you invited him to be your Lord and your Savior. And you're standing here today and you're like, I, I haven't done that. I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. You're watching online. You're like, I haven't done that. I want to lead you in a prayer of receiving Jesus. And we're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. Today, I say yes to Jesus. I receive you in my life. And I declare you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we open our eyes? Can we take a moment and just celebrate salvations? Come on, let's celebrate salvations. Now, you're standing in this auditorium, and you ask Christ to come into your life, or you're watching online. You ask Jesus to come in your life. You made the best decision of your life. If you're here in the auditorium and that's what you did on your way out this morning, there's tables in the, just in between the exit door in the lobby. We got some friendly people there and we've got a Bible for you. We want to give you, it's free and a little booklet. We want to give you to help you in your new faith journey. And they can share with you how we can help you in your new faith journey. And if you're watching online and you accepted Christ, you will see on how we're presenting the service, an opportunity for you to respond back to us. Let us know you accepted Christ. We will reach back to you. And if you live in the Ottawa area and you don't attend a life-giving church, we'd be honored if you join us in the journey. And if you're watching from somewhere across Canada or around the world, and you're like, I don't know what church to go to, reach out to us, and we'll help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church in your area. How many people are glad you came to church this morning? I'm, I'm glad I came. You know what? If I wasn't the pastor, this would still be the church I'd come to. It's great to you. Come on, we're having a great time in God's presence. Amen. Now, before we close, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Before I do, I, I, want to, I want to let you know that we started just a small version of children's ministries today, JK to grade three. And some of you moms and dads, you put your JK to grade three and with Pastor Shelley and Pastor Kimberly, make sure you thank them. I tell you, they're doing an amazing job and they've created a real proper distance atmosphere. It's safe, it's good, and we're grateful for that. And at the end of the service, when it comes to a close, if you're here in the auditorium and you'd like one of our altar workers to pray for you, after the auditorium empties, come right to the front, stand on one of these blue uh, lines here, and someone will stand at a distance from you and they will pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer. 
Next Sunday, we're having a short missions focus in our service. It's our mission Sunday. We got a short missions focus. We're gonna share with you about the offering you gave for Project 2020 for missions. It's exciting. We're gonna share that next week. And if you're our guest, can we one more time thank all of our guests? Come on, thank all of our guests for coming today. And on your way out, go to one of those tables. We've got a coffee card for you. But I wanna pray. I wanna pray that God would give us safety, amen? I wanna pray that God would, would just... Just give us that satisfaction free from fear and aggravation and fear from or freedom from tension and aggravation. But not just that, that the God who opens doors would also close doors. Some of you today, you're like, I'm really freaking out about my tomorrow. What am I going to do? Where am I going to work? What, what school am I going to go to? Where? And you're just overwhelmed. Just, just relax. His job is to lead. Your job is to follow. Let him open the door. Let him close the door because he is the door. But I also want to pray that God would bring freedom in the house today. How many people believe whomsoever the sun sets free is free indeed? Amen. And I, I don't know what prison emotional bars surrounding you, but I, I just want to pray that, that God, would, God would bring freedom. So as we close, could you lift your hands to the heavens? Father, thank you for everyone that's gathered here on site and all that have joined us online. Thank you, God, for those that, that invited you in their life today. We give you thanks. And I just pray safety over everyone, safety, protection over us in the name of the Lord. God, I pray that you would cover us, you would protect us. I pray that in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would open doors and close doors. And I also pray, God, that you would be that door of opportunity, but you would also be the one who gives us freedom that God, for those that need freedom, would you bring them freedom today in the name of Jesus? So I ask it and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you're seated, look this way, look this way. I want to tell you about a, a gentleman in our church early in the journey of the coronavirus. Um, he got it and he had to go in the hospital and he spent five months in the hospital, five months. And there's a lot of reasons that, that why he had this coronavirus. I won't get into all that, but he ended up being on a ventilator for a season of time. And, and I'm going to fast forward. Then I'm going to back up. He is perfectly well today. Come on. Perfectly well. Perfectly well. He had to learn to walk again. This week he goes to have his driver's test. He'll be driving again. But I, when I talked to him this week and I... When I was able to talk to him, I talked to him every day in the hospital. I, I can't get into hospitals. And, well, he was on the ventilator, talked every day to his family. But he said to me this week, Pastor, I went for another appointment. And the doctor said, you had all these things going on in your body. And he listed them all off. Not, not just coronavirus, this, 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 this. And doctor said, it's all gone. <laughs> you're, you're in perfect health, sir. Come on. You're in perfect health. You're in perfect health. And soon, he's going to be back in church giving God the glory and the honor and the praise. Come on, somebody give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God. Amen. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're walking through, but we're all in this pandemic. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. I said, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. God bless you. You may be seated.